All right. I'm going to bring you back together and also um, give, you some, give you some opportunity and some instructions. Maybe some of you here for the first time. But I'm trying to give you some freedom and the opportunity to be able to, to pray as God would lead you. And so we have been a meeting over here on the side. I'm, I'm going to do that again today over here on the left side. And if you, after we get done today or any, actually any time, we have people that will pray with you, link arms with you. Um, sometimes, you know, when things are rough or life gives us a, a hard deal, we need someone to pray with us. We have that available for you in English and in Spanish. Other times it's, uh, you know, we just need to spend some time with the Lord, but we need to um, have our, our physical posture match that of our heart and be able to bow, bow on bended knee. And you can do that. These, this altar area, I, I wouldn't say it's comfortable, but it may be what you need and it's available to you. Sometimes it's that, you know, God confronts the sin in our life and and we feel a need that we need to repent. And so that this is an area that you, know, you may want to come and, and just repent before the Lord. Other times it's, you know, there's a need for, for healing. There's a need for a miracle in some area of your life. And whatever that need would be, I, I hope that you would take time to, to allow us to pray together today. So uh, don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid of that and feel some freedom today. I am sharing with you from, um, you know, it's, it, we're pretty deep in the year now, it's March, but uh, I've loved being able to share with you about a new year and reminding you that it is indeed the same God. And we've, we've touched on a number of great topics and, and we have those preserved online and YouTube and Facebook and things and I think even a podcast and so you can, you can listen to those, but today we're, I want to talk to you a little bit about choices because I, I think there are some choices to be made, and so that's, that's the reason that I had that last song sang. I, I thank the, our crew for being able to sing what is an older chorus, um, whatever you call it. It's a song, <laughs> uh, but, but it's based on Psalm 84, and I'm going to Look at Psalm 84, and it'll, it'll, I just wanted to bring to your memory, some of you may remember better if you're, uh, you're able to sing those words, and so we'll be looking at Psalm 84 in a moment. To get us looking at, at choices, though, I, wanted, I, I want to lay a little background to what we'll share from Psalm 84, and um, Paul and I, if you don't know, we're from Kentucky, we're from eastern Kentucky, and we grow up with a lot of musicians that may not be in your genre that are on your playlist. Uh, you know, some are bluegrass and country, and, and that's the song that kind of came to my mind today, an old song. I think it's from the 80s. It's the first time I heard it by an artist called Ricky Skaggs, and he is bluegrass and country and, and indirectly related to Paula, by the way. And, you know, Kentucky, we are all a little bit related. <laughs> so... Uh, Ricky uh, had a song, and, and it was called, Don't Get Above Your Raisin, and it goes like this. Well, I got a gal that's sweet to me. She just ain't what she used to be, just a little high-headed. That's plain to see. Don't get above your raisin. Stay down to earth with me. 
Paul and I used to sing that to each other back in the 80s just to remind ourselves. But the idea, you know, if you're not from Kentucky and these words uh, are a struggle for you, it could be. But the, the, the context of the song, the theme of, theme of it is that we don't forget where we come from. We don't forget how we got to where we are, how we get there. There's a process and where we came from. And so as I was thinking in this week uh, over this song, that, that song kind of came to my mind. And, and I wanted to remind each of you too as we dive into this today to, to not get above your raising, to not forget where it is that you come from. That we all once were lost and apart from God. And he somehow sent a messenger, sent some word, moved by his spirit, and, and you, you came to know him. You, you repented of your sins, and you began to walk with him. That's the story for many of us here today. Could also be some here today that, that is new to you, and, and there's room in this house today for you to find truth, and maybe for the very first time, to surrender your, surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, to for, find forgiveness and f- find mercy. We've been talking about over recent weeks, you know, what it is to, to walk with Christ as the very center of your life. How it is that the Holy Spirit abides in us. You, you say that you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You say that he has forgiven you of your sins and then there should be some fruit there should be some evidence of that there should be not a God that is forgotten the Holy Spirit but there should be evidence as you are the temple of the Holy Spirit his dwelling place making you a son or daughter of the Lord Most High a a priest that carries his presence as in recent weeks we looking at revival happening uh, you know, I see it, you know, in Asbury, Kentucky, and from there, you know, going out to other places, and, and I, I've tried to relate to you based on the understanding that we just explained and went over that the presence of God to lead us, and, and, and then it becomes then not just about some location of revival, but that it's very possible that you and I as carriers of his presence full of the Holy Spirit, that revival then is not location-based, but it is person, personal. It's person-based. It is the ability that you and I have to basically draw a circle that we're standing in and say, God, I, I want you to come, and I want you to come into the space that I'm in to fill me again, to challenge me, to lead me, to recenter yourself, oh God. Recenter yourself. That I don't want to live selfishly. I don't want to live in rebellion or contrary or prideful. But God, I want to experience the fullness of your goodness and your mercy. And that you would revive me. And we become then carriers of revival. And so we don't have to take off and go to a location. But we can experience all that God has for us wherever God has called us to be. James 4, 8, I've been, I shared with you last week, uh, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's a great promise, a great 
promise, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But it's dawned on me though that we really have a choice. That you may not, you may not be thinking, I want to draw near to God because he'll draw near to you. And that may not be, and I can't assume that you want that to be true about you and your life. I, I can make that decision for me. I can make that choice for me, but, and I can, I can share God's word, and I can direct you the best that I can, but ultimately, you that hear the word, we process, we're challenged by the Spirit of God, and then, and then we respond, and we make a choice. I mean, how close do you want God to be? How near do you want him to be? The Psalms, they're a collection of 150 chapters, and they function, function as the hymn book for the nation of Israel for thousands of years and even still today. Jewish folks today, they practice festivals and, and feasts, and, and they will... They will use the songs and poetry of David and Moses and Asaph and Solomon and the songs of the sons of Korah. Psalms is unique in that it's a, it's a book of multiple authors. It's unlike different books of the Bible where you have one author, but in this one we have multiple authors, and it's written over a thousand-year period throughout different seasons of the nation of Israel as they try to follow Yahweh, and they, there's ups and there's downs, there's highs and lows, and some of these written as they're during their exodus, as they're leaving Egypt, looking for promised land, some written as David is reigning over the kingdom, and some written as Solomon is serving, and, and while Saul was the first king. These sons of Korah, though, there's 11 psalms attributed to the, the sons of Korah, and some that are likely familiar to you if you're a, uh, a student of the word or you've sang a few songs. And these that are written by them, there's, a, there's just an overall theme of gratitude and humility uh, uh, toward an awesome and mighty God. And some of those like uh, Psalm 42, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul for you, O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. These sons of Korah, they wrote Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, and therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and, and be troubled, though the mountains shake and its swelling. Who, who, who are though the, the, the sons of Korah? Who, who are these folks? Well, they come from the tribe of Levi, and they have responsibilities to take care of the tabernacle. Tabernacle that at one point, is, we're talking about a tent, we're talking about tent pegs, we're talking about very practical pieces, and then you're talking about descendants of, of, uh, of Aaron from the, the Levite tribe that were allowed to serve as priests, and because there were you know, there were differences of, of responsibility. Uh, not everybody gets always thrilled with the responsibilities that they have. And it led to 
where there was a, a bit of rebellion. There was um, a challenge. There was 250 men, including Korah, who gathered to challenge the right of Moses and Aaron to the priesthood. This is number 16. And it comes down to then, you know, that they have to address this, this rebellious attitude and this, uh, the, the challenge that they're posing. They don't, they don't want to continue. And, and, and the, now the job they do, it, it is difficult. They, even what they are, they are to carry, the, the parts of this tabernacle, and they've got to carry it, the, the special items have to be wrapped in, in cloth, and it's, it, it is... Um, it, it, it is dangerous work. Um, it is, these items have to be covered. It's not maybe as, as uh, up front then as the priest. And so there's some discussion about that. And it comes down to then that uh, Moses, with the word of the Lord, says something like this, that, that there will be a, um, if I'm off on this and this responsibility, then let these folks die a natural age. But if I'm right... Then, then let God do something new. And with that, then the earth opens up like it, it, what's described to be like an earthquake and it swallows up Korah and his household while he's alive. And they drop down and the earth just swallows them up. And then fire consumes the rest of these 250 rebellious folks. Judgment. Judgment. And you've... We see judgment when there's rebellion. When there's rebellion against God and his ways and his purposes, you know, we, we think there's a better way and, and then there's judgment. And some of us, you've seen that in your life or maybe the life of, of your family before you, that there, there was even some natural causes because of lives lit, led that were rebellious to a holy God. Lives where God gave instruction, God gave his word, God gave messengers, and, and yet folks choose their own way and they choose their own path. They rebel against the holy God and there's some judgment that comes naturally. And there's also, for folks who live their life like that and they were, they were exposed to the gospel and they chose not to ever give their lives to Christ. They, they chose to never surrender their lives to never walk in obedience. They lived a life that was rebellious. And not only were there consequences in this life, but there was eternal consequences. I could name a long list of folks that that is the case that I know of that chose to live a life rebellious to God. And so we see this in the life of Korah because as you see these 11 Psalms, they're attributed to the sons of Korah. And who's Korah? Well, he's a rebellious one. And so, yet, these sons, these ones who have written these 11 Psalms, they were shown mercy. They were not swallowed up. Now, some of Korah and his household apparently swallowed up, but maybe these sons were too young. Maybe you know, they weren't, uh, uh, they were innocent. Well, well, but God, while he showed judgment, he also showed mercy. Amen. Some of you have also seen mercy. Amen. You've seen judgment. You've seen what could happen, and you've seen what could happen in your own life, and yet you've experienced the goodness and the mercy of the Lord. 
I have. I have. I, I have seen what could be. I have seen what could be, and, and I don't want to get above my raisin. I don't want to forget where I come from because I want to be grateful for the mercy of the Lord that has been extended to me. Let's read uh, Psalm 84 for a moment. Just 12 verses. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold our shield. And look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Sons of Korah, sons who, who know mercy, story passed on. This is what happened to dad. This is what happened to Korah. You may not remember or realize what all happened, but the earth swallows him up. I mean, this is the story passed on for him from, uh, through the years or around the dinner table. They, they don't forget what has happened in terms of judgment remembering where they come from, but also very grateful for the mercy of the Lord extended to them to the point that you're writing this psalm of how lovely is your dwelling place. My soul, it longs for you. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for this living God. We are blessed our heart is set on pilgrimage. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand everywhere else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell with the wicked. I'd rather park cars. I'd rather be in the nursery this morning. I would rather clean these toilets. I'd rather be a door holder. Because I just want to be near where the presence of God is. You, you start to embrace the, the mentality of remembering where we come from, but basking in the grace, the mercy that has been extended to me. The, what that looks like, what that feels like. It becomes, I no longer care what my role is. I just want to be in the presence of God. That's enough. I'll hold the door. I'll clean over here. 
I will go and do whatever is needed. It's not important that I have this countryman mic on today. That I'll be glad to sit over in the corner. I mean, folks, that's the mentality that is, is in these scriptures. And I hope that I can somehow relay that to you today. What it is to remember where you come from. And at the same time, be so grateful for the mercy it was given to you. We're not going to walk in rebellion. We're going to be thankful for what we have. And God, we're going to be about your business. And we're going to walk with you. And so we pen this psalm. And I invite you, go, go and look at Psalm 42 and Psalm 46. And, and see what the sons of Korah, as they would certainly know and remember where they came from. But they want to be in the presence of God. Above all else. Here we are today. We've got a better covenant. We've got the covenant that says, yes, I I can surrender my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Find forgiveness for my weary soul. Find his mercy and his grace. Remembering where I come from. And I just want to be where you are. I'm a carrier of your presence. I'm a priest of the Most High God. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be fruit from that because there's surrender in that. There's there's an anti-rebellious attitude going on. The goodness, the mercy of the Lord. See, some of you have a similar story. There was a Korah before you. Different name, probably. But you saw, and perhaps you have stories that you share occasionally, of, you, you know, and you, you're reminded of, of those who went before you and were an example for you, but they were rebellious. They rebelled against God and his purposes and his plans for their lives. And you saw that played out, and there was judgment both in this life and in the next. And you looked at that, And you've experienced that, and perhaps you even walked a a, a time in your own life of rebellion and opposed to the things of God. You were against what God wanted to do in your life. And yet you reached a point, you reached a point someday where you said, enough of that. I've learned enough from the past. I I know where I come from, but I want to know where I'm going. I've experienced and I know, but something's been broken, and that, and that begins with me. My stubborn will, my rebellion toward God, God, that ends today, and I want the things of God to be alive in me. And I repent, and I, I change, and I walk a different path, and Holy Spirit, come and fill me, lead my life. You've experienced that. You know what it is, both in the natural and the spiritual. And yet you sit here today and you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. (laughs) Not your good effort. Not because you're a halfway good person, but by the blood of the Lamb. The perfect Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. You see, a cycle was broken. A cycle was broken in in the story of Korah here and the sons of Korah. It looks totally different because they're walking in what is the manifestation of mercy 
and grace, and they know that this God, they know his dwelling place, and they want to be near his presence. But someone broke a cycle. You saw uh, uh, cycles playing out perhaps in your own family or what could be repeated in your life that led to judgment and destruction, lives that were purposeless. I've shared this quote. I hope they, maybe they have it today, but I don't know who to attribute this to, but it is, I, I, I want to, you to soak this in for a moment. Never underestimate a cycle breaker. Not only did they experience years of generational trauma, but they stood in the face of trauma and fought to say, this ends with me. Not happening anymore. Not going any further. It stops. This is brave. It's powerful. It comes at a significant cost. Never underestimate a cycle breaker. If you would leave that up for a moment, because some folks, you might need a photo of that. I'll try to share that later. Powerful words that describe what it is. It describes for me what I see in the the sons of Korah. It was broken. They knew what it was to be rebellious and to not repeat that, to not do that again. If you have experienced generational trauma yourself, but somehow you heard the message of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ and his power to save, heal, and deliver, and you were just bold enough to take him at his word and say, God, if you're real and I believe you are, that you would help me and empower me, that I might experience the breaking of generational trauma in my own life, that this ends with me, and yeah, I've got, maybe I've got some tendencies and some temptations, and I've got some, a, lot of, a lot of baggage around me. But folks, you're sitting in a church today that offers you every possible tool to break any chain that is binding your life. You're in a place where we help you with counseling. We're not opposed. I've sat in counseling myself. You believe that? You better. There's nothing wrong with that. You need to be self-aware. You might be blinded to your own faults. You might be blinded to those things you think are a strength and maybe they're a weakness. But you're in a place where we would give you that. You're also a place that believes, this is a church, this is a place that believes in the power of prayer. And a holy God who sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross he shed his blood. And for many of us, yes, we, we bask and are grateful for his salvation. But we believe that we can have a renewed mind as well. We believe that this word, that we can read it and we can apply it to our life. We can see our minds renewed and it stops with me. Hey, that's the victory. That's what victory looks like. That's where you come to the place where, and, I, and I'm, 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 I want you to soak this in today, because the, one of the worst things that could be is that you sit here today, and you sit in silence, and you sit with your guard up, and you sit here trying to pretend that you've got it all together, and you know 
and the Spirit of God revealing to you even now, there's some work to be done that might begin with you just surrendering on your knees because you've gotten so used to saying no to God. You've gotten so used to having it all together that you've quenched the Spirit of God. And I'm praying today that the Holy Spirit is very real in this room to show you beyond my words what God would love to do in your life. To see trauma broken. That you might be the very one in your family that say, this ends with me. This is never happening again. God help me and empower me today. That it'll look different. And just like we read about these sons of Korah, yeah, you can, you can flip back and you can find what happened to Korah, but we're reading, and all across the world, this very day, there are those who, who are reading about the fruit of their life. They knew judgment, they knew mercy. You can know what it is to be going your own way, and you can know what it is to be surrendered to him, to be walking in mercy and grace and love, a cycle breaker, one who says, this ends with me. Drawing near to God, choosing what, what level, what depth, how much we want to know God. Are we fascinated with the dwelling place of the Lord? Or is maybe the truth we become bored with God? How do you become bored with God? Well, because you, you get so used to doing the same thing over and over again that we forget about the Holy Spirit. We forget about His Word coming alive to us. We lose a fascination. We do become bored. We could even become tired and weary of carrying the presence of God in us. And we start talking about drawing near to God and seeing Him draw near to us. And, well, what does that mean? Well, that means I'm going to have to create some space. I'm going to have to create some room if, for the Spirit of God to come near to me because I'm, I'm pretty busy and I've got a lot going on. But He'll come near He'll come near to those that invite him. That those that draw near will find him drawing near. I want to be in that camp. I want to be there. But again, there's a choice. And you sit here today, you think, well, what would it look like then for, for God to actually draw near and I make some space and I make some room, but you know what? You may think, what if, what if God doesn't show up? That's a fear. That's a concern. What if God doesn't show up in your life? You take a step and you've seen him show up maybe in some other people's life, but could be a legitimate fear that what if God doesn't show up for you the way that he shows up for other people? A second one could be, well, what if God does show up? Oh, no. God's showing up and me making space and me making room, it, it, it that can, that can be rough on my five and ten year plan. I mean, God, God coming near, and God, God directing me in his purpose, his plan, God interrupting my retirement plan, God interrupting what I see and where I want to be and where, all, I mean, you've got it all figured out, and, but perhaps 
When I say, are you bored, it resonates with you today. Because in fact, you are bored. That the Holy Spirit has been forgotten and you're not really sure if you want to make room. Mark 4.19 tells us that, that sometimes it's the cares of this world. We care more about what's going on in the world around us than, than we really do about the kingdom of God. Mark, th this verse, Mark 4.19, tells us there's a des deceitfulness of riches. We think it looks good because we always like more money in our pocket, but is it really good? You see, for many of you, you're not choosing between. It doesn't look like rebellion against God. It looks like just an opportunity. And you're really choosing between that which is good and that which is best. Or that which is good versus that which is rebellion because the Spirit of God has already shown you to go a different way. And so your opportunity is to walk in obedience or not. If it sounds like I know what I'm talking about, you're correct, I do. Those things you experience firsthand, we tend not to forget. Daily choice is what it sounds like. And, you know, every, everything we do is about daily choices. It's how you actually build your life. You make a decision today about what you're going to do, and hopefully it's a kingdom decision. But you've got an enemy of the kingdom and an enemy of your participation in the kingdom. And that looks a lot like, hmm, let me put it a different way. You see, nobody ever sets out to be bound up in a chain by the enemy. It's more like you built that chain one link at a time. So I brought me a chain today. Chains that bind. But it didn't always look like this, though. It looked a lot, it looked more like this. It was, it was like one link. And you had one link and you had one choice to make, and you chose, yeah, this looks this looks best. This looks like what God's directing me to do. This looks like the kingdom. This looks like a response to his mercy. But you've got you settled for good. Because it was safer, because there was financial gain, because there was opportunity, because you were weak. And the chain began to build. And chains build, and life goes on, and it ends up being in so much more than that. And you end up building chains that bind you up. And then they become harder to break. And we end up being in rebellion because we haven't walked in obedience. No one's set out to be chained. Now we, we still know a God who is a chain breaker. But it's hard when you've built, chain, you've built a chain link by link. Does it mean God can't free you up? 
but I'm trying to get you today to think about what it might be in light of where you've come from, in light of the mercy and grace extended to you, that you might make a choice that doesn't build a chain that binds your life. That you might walk in obedience. That you might find forgiveness of your own sins. Matthew 7 talks about a gate. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many... Many enter in it, in it. Many are on that one. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Don't you want to be in the few? You see, if many are on a wide path, then that would look a lot to me like culture and influence and maybe some of your friends and maybe a lot of your family. And yet, the Spirit of God and the Word of God may direct you to a very narrow path. That's not too crazy. It's not too crazy because it's just really simple. It's just we tend to really complicate things. And then we walk in rebellion and we end up very chained up and very much bound up. And it's because of our own rebellion that we began with today, looking at the life of Korah. I'm trying to bring you out I'm trying to get you to see today that you could be walking in the fruit of the mercy and the grace that was extended to you. That you find your place in the kingdom of God. And that you don't lose your purpose and lose everything and live a purposeless life because you just couldn't ever get yourself to make the decisions that look like a very narrow gate. A wide gate can look like this. You... You've not been hungry for the things of God because you've been eating at other tables. Hmm. I thought about that this week as I, you know, that, that song earlier by Ricky Skaggs, it got me thinking about many of the wonderful meals that were prepared for me. We had our own garden and you would come home and the smells of all of the f- fresh vegetables and and farm meat and all those things are still in my head and I wish they were on my plate today but so many wonderful meals and how many of those I turned my nose at the table set before me because I went through Dairy Queen and I went through different places and filled up on junk and and missed the great table that was set before me because I filled up on other things I don't want that to be you. I don't want you to fall into the traps of the enemy that he has specifically for your life where you miss the plan and the purpose of God. I want you to walk in the fullness of the mercy and the grace so that there's fruit from your life that is generational, that perhaps they read about even as long as the Lord tarries, as long as he waits for his return, that they remember what went on in your life and how you operated yourself, the choices we make. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, I'll close with this. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. 
I'm afraid we've become very good at quenching the Spirit. We've become so good at it that we, some of us don't recognize the Holy Spirit when He does speak. Others, we recognize the Holy Spirit and we get so good at just whatever fire He's trying to light, we're putting it out just as quick as He lights it. See, the Spirit would lead you and speak to you and remind you if you're here today and you're walking in rebellion and maybe it's a secret rebellion nobody else knows about it or maybe it's a public rebellion whatever it is the opportunity that you and I all have is the same to surrender to be obedient say Lord forgive me I don't want to be a rebellious one I don't want to experience judgment I want to I want to be one that sees you alive in my life. Father, I pray today as we contemplate your word, Lord, that your truth and the power of your spirit may rest upon men and women who sit here in this room today. We see through scripture and many of us have experienced in our own life, God, the, what it is to see judgment play out in the natural and in the spirit. I'm praying today, Lord, that you've been able to use this time to remind us where we come from, but also to awaken us to where we could be. That we'll draw near to you and we'll find you drawing near to us. That's just, that's just the way it is. That's your promise. That's the words of James, half-brother of Jesus. He knows what he's talking about. May there be some people in this room today that would finally say, Lord, I, I do want to draw near. I do want to draw near. I want a fresh experience of your presence. I want, Holy Spirit, that you would lead my life. And in doing that, there, it may very well be that there's a confrontation with your stubborn and sinful will. And I'm praying that, God, many would find forgiveness in this room today as they would repent of where they are publicly to be able to say, today, today is the day of my salvation. Today is the day of my renewal. Today is the day of my revival. It's personal, but it'll be public. And, Lord, today as we sing, as we pray, as we surrender, Lord, may there be a freedom in this place to be led by the Holy Spirit, to find forgiveness, to see chains broken, to see the God that we know and love to be proclaimed and lifted high. God, you are the one who revives. You are the one who re-centers yourself as the center of attention in all of our lives. God, may that be a reality for all of us today. More than some words, but a move of the Holy Spirit to draw us to a place where we experience you fresh and new as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing. And a reminder again that we are open to have you pray. There are those that will pray with you. And we're going to pray and we're going to stay as long as there is need here today to see the Lord move in lives. So feel freedom here today.